Virginia. Where the spirit of 1.8 million West Virginians wills you to victory. Other places have pro teams, but in this state, the Mountaineers are a way of life. When I competed, and more that number, I competed for the state and for the people, not just for the university. Now, let's roll out the carpet and bring on the Mountaineers. That's not a spree. Yes! Alexander. And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into episode four of the 2022-2023 edition of the CRW Hoops podcast. As we sit here currently, West Virginia basketball now 8-2 and two on the season here as we get to our fourth episode of this basketball season. Really appreciate you guys for tuning in to us here at the Country Roads webcast and our CRW Hoops podcast. Throughout the season, we will continue to drop these hopefully weekly as much as possible. On tap for this episode, we have three games to review contests against Xavier, Navy, and UAB, and we're going to go ahead and preview the Mountaineers' next two contests, one coming up on Sunday and then the other one coming up the following Thursday after that, and that will be our last podcast episode to you guys before the Christmas season, and then the Mountaineers will pick up play again just before New Year's on the 31st as conference play begins with the contest against Kansas State, so we'll get you an episode out at some point in between Christmas and the game there against Kansas State. We will get you CRW Hoops Episode 5, so hopefully this will hold you over until then. We're going to review some Mountaineer basketball games that have already occurred, and to preview the final two games the Mountaineers have before Christmas time, they're here as they get ready to wrap up their non-conference slate and finish off a four-game homestand of which they have two final games left, the two games that we are going to preview against Buffalo and Stony Brook. So that being said, let's get into it and let's get talking about the only loss out of the way that we have to talk about on this episode with a review of the West Virginia Mountaineers matchup against the Xavier Musketeers. All right, so the eighth game of the West Virginia Mountaineers season saw them travel on the road to Ohio to play the Xavier Musketeers, and unfortunately, the game ultimately ended in the second loss of the season for the West Virginia Mountaineers to drop them to 6-2 and two at the time as they ultimately ended up losing to Xavier by 10 points, 84-74. to 74. Not the outcome we wanted, and I think some of us expected. I personally, if you watch our episode three here on the CRW Hoops podcast, thought the Mountaineers would be able to go there and get a win and win it, you know, maybe a little handedly, even eight to 10 point win on their own is what I predicted. It turns out coming the exact opposite way as a 10 point loss, but the Mountaineers did have plenty of opportunities in this basketball game to take advantage and get a win here against the Xavier Musketeers and just continually failed to do so, especially late in the game. 
they had it close there at the end. And then the final four minutes of the game, it really was all Xavier from that point on. Some of the standout things to me from the game was that Xavier shot over 50% from the field, something they had done pretty much all season to that point. They continued that trend. It's a really good shooting Xavier team. I think they're going to be good the rest of the season and probably a tough out in March as well. As I said, the final four minutes of the game were very crucial. West Virginia was actually down 73-72 to with four and a half minutes left in the game. From that point on, West Virginia failed to score a single field goal in the game, and that ultimately is you know the story of this game and why it ultimately ended in a loss for them in this contest against Xavier, sadly. West Virginia was really troubled with some defensive struggles in this game, I think particularly in the pick and roll. What we saw Xavier do a lot was they had a big man, Nunji, that could really stretch the floor. It pulled Jimmy Bell away from the basket where he's really not comfortable. So in the second half, they really continued to exploit that by putting Jimmy Bell in a lot of pick and roll situations. And with the hard hedge West Virginia was doing on those pick and rolls, Xavier had found a really good counter to that, and Sean Miller attacked that well. Nunji attacked that well. And West Virginia is going to have to continue to improve that pick-and-roll defense throughout the season. And if Jimmy Bell is matched up on guys that can stretch the floor as big men, which you got to believe he will be in today's game of basketball, and specifically in the Big 12 Conference, which is a tough place to play with a lot of great shooters, he's got to get more comfortable defending outside and defending that high pick-and-roll as well With a, when the pop is an option, when the big man is a shooter. It hurt West Virginia in this game. Hopefully they continue to improve on that. On the plus side, as far as Jimmy Bell goes, didn't miss a field goal in this game, so – at least he gave you a lot of uh, great offense, despite being a little bit of a liability on defense in this game, unfortunately. And, you know, the one counter West Virginia could have to that is maybe putting in a guy that's a little bit more quick in a Conquo or a Waggy. But the, both of those guys are still re- really developing. One an ex-soccer player, one an ex-tennis player. Both still getting used to the game of basketball and not quite where they need to be yet to where I think in a tough late-game situation you can quite count on them in clutch moments. So you've got to rely on Jimmy Bell right now, and hopefully he can just get used to having to defend outside a little bit better. But let's take a look at some of the numbers from this game before we move on to our next game review here. All right, so we're going to look at some of the numbers here. We'll look at the team stats and then the individual stats. But before we get into the numbers here in this game against Xavier for the Mountaineers that in what was their eighth game of the 2022-2023 WV basketball season, and I want to say one more time, appreciate you guys tuning in here to episode four of the CRW Hoops podcast. And whether you're tuned in to the video version on YouTube or the audio version that you can find on any podcast platform, do us a favor, share it around with the rest of Mountaineer Nation as we continue to try and grow the Country Roads webcast community. But if you're tuned in to the video version, whether it be on our YouTube channel or on the WV Sports Now YouTube channel, which you can find us over there now as we are a part of their network and you can find great Mountaineer sports content in addition to our show on their website at wvsportsnow.com. But whether you're tuned in on their YouTube channel or ours, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up button, drop a like on this video. It'll really help its performance and help future videos performances here on the channel. And hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. But if you're listening on the audio side, which you can find on any podcast platform you prefer, but if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor, leave us a rating. That really helps us there. Having said that, let's get into some of these numbers. As I said, the second half was really the struggle for the Mountaineers, as you can see up here in the uh, top here. West Virginia was up 43-36 to at the half, seven-point lead. Xavier outscores the Mountaineers by 17 points in the second half to ultimately get to the final we have there at 84-74. to But overall, looking at some of the team stats, field goal percentage, 
Xavier over 50%. As I said, they have been doing that all year. They did it again, 54% essentially. The Mountaineers not a bad shooting day themselves, 46%. Three-point range, the Mountaineers actually shot 47% to Xavier's 41%. But a big advantage at the free throw line for Xavier, 30 free throw attempts to West Virginia's 15 73% the Mountaineers shot, 77% for Xavier. Xavier also, big advantage on the glass. Mountaineers got to continue to improve rebounding as this season goes along. 34-28 to 28 advantage for Xavier in this one. And then turnovers. Xavier turned the ball over 15 times, which you love to see the Mountaineers forcing double-digit turnovers. But I've said, you know, time and time again throughout this season, if you've been following our post-game reaction shows, the one area the Mountaineers need to continue to improve is not turning the ball over so much themselves. I think if they could stay in the single-digit turnover range themselves, it's going to lead to a lot, a lot more wins. But in this game, as you can see, they turned the ball over 12 times, and that was really detrimental in this one. Having said that, let's look at some of the individual statistics before we move on to the next game. Okay, for West Virginia, as I said, Jimmy Bell, you know, his pick and roll defense left a lot be, to be desired in this game, as did his defense on the outside being forced to play a little bit more away from the basket. But ultimately on offense, though, had a great game, 12 points, 5 for 5 from the field, as I said, 2 of 2 from the free throw line as well, 12 and 6. Trey Mitchell, 9 points, 0 rebounds, not the type of performance that you'd like to see from him. And I think as you see moving forward, he's done a little bit better and improved from this game and hopefully he continues to do so. And then Emmett Matthews, who I've described as this team's glue guy, played 39 minutes in the game, 12 points, 5 rebounds. Eric Stevenson, 16 points to lead the Mountaineers in scoring in this one. 3 of 7 from the 3-point line, 5 of 13 from the field. But only three fouls, as you can see in this game. It's the rare game that we've had this season where Eric Stevenson hasn't had at least four fouls. And I think if he can stay out of foul trouble, it's really going to help the Mountaineers' case moving forward in this season. But as you can see, what really hurt the West Virginia Mountaineers in this game as well, bench scoring or lack thereof. I talked about in the postgame show, the Mountaineers' backup big men virtually invisible in this game. As you see, Mo Waggy, no stat line. James Oconquo, essentially no stat line, save for one rebound. Josiah Harris, same goes for him as well. So that really hurt the West Virginia Mountaineers, as did bench scoring in general. Only 19 points from the bench there, as you can see, with nine of those coming from Tucson and eight coming from Seth Wilson. But Tucson did have a good performance off the bench, being that spark as he has been throughout most of this season with nine points and four assists. Unfortunately, the ultimate conclusion for West Virginia all adds up to an 84-74 to 74 loss to Xavier, which at the time put West Virginia to 6-2 and two on the season, but they would bounce right back with a big win in the next game against Navy. Let's talk about it. All right, so following a loss to Xavier in the eighth game of the season on the road, West Virginia came back to the Coliseum for the start of a four-game homestand, with the first game being their ninth game of the season, and West Virginia put on a much more commendable performance against the midshipmen as they ultimately come out on top with a 21-point victory, even covering a large 18-point spread that they faced going into this game. The Mountaineers able to cover that, as they like to say, good teams win, great teams cover. Let's hope this can prove to be a great West Virginia team. But just kind of my overall thoughts on this one before we look at some of the numbers from this win over Navy that brought the West Virginia Mountaineers up to 7-2 and at the time on the 2022-2023 West Virginia basketball season. Navy played played a 2-3 zone in the game, and I think that was much to West Virginia's advantage. I think any team that West Virginia faces that tries to employ a 2-3 type of zone, or maybe even any type of zone for that matter, against this West 
Virginia team, I think is only going to ultimately hurt themselves by deciding to do that. This West Virginia team has a lot of different players that can shoot the basketball. And I think they showcase that in this game offensively a lot against this Navy zone defense. And I think West Virginia also in turn with that, I think this West Virginia team, it's kind of gone unheralded up to this point in the season, but it's one of the better passing West Virginia teams that I can remember, specifically when I watched them work against this Navy zone. They did a great job of getting it into the middle of that zone, which is what you need to do against that 2-3, try and get it up there right near the foul line, about 15 foot away, and let that guy in the middle then work you know, a high-low situation and also have options to kick two on the outside. And West Virginia constantly kept getting the ball into the middle of that zone and then could dish out, and that's where they were hitting those threes and then also getting good looks at the rim there. And West Virginia took advantage of them to the tune of another 80-plus point game for them. 85-64 to 64 defensively, pretty great effort for the most part, save for uh, Benini, uh, young guard for Navy, uh, was doing some great things offensively. Really, I mean, it wasn't bad defense at times. He was just scoring the ball. Ended up with 20 points in the game. But I think Joe Toussaint came off the bench and ended up doing a great job on him and uh, shutting him down a bit in the second half when West Virginia was able to pull away because Navy continued to fight. Got it down to single digits at one point. But ultimately in the final five, six minutes, West Virginia pulled away, which was great to see after you saw the collapse that West Virginia had in the final four minutes against Xavier. You kind of got the flip side of that coin in this game against Navy and ultimately leads to the eighth win of the West Virginia basketball season. Let's take a look at some of the numbers here, starting with the team statistics in this win over Navy. All right, so as you can see, West Virginia almost never having it in doubt, led by 10 at the break, then outscored Navy by 11 in the second half to ultimately lead to the 11-point win. West Virginia, as I said, shot the ball very well against the Navy zone. As you see there, 55% from the field for West Virginia, much better in this game, held Navy under 50% at 46. Also held Navy to 9 of 23 from three-point range, below 40% at 39%. West Virginia nearly 50% themselves from the three-point line, really good at 11 of 24, 46% on the day. And then after getting dominated at the free throw line by Xavier, who shot 30 to West Virginia's 15, West Virginia was the team that doubled up their opponent in this game as Navy only shot eight free throws as compared to West Virginia's 16. Neither team shooting the ball that well at the free throw line, though. 62% for West Virginia and 37% for Navy. West Virginia, though, much better job on the glass. A lot of that may be contributed to the zone Navy was running. You know, zone teams typically not that great at rebounding, but nonetheless, West Virginia was able to grab 11 offensive rebounds and also out-rebound Navy by 15 in total in the game, 38 rebounds, 223. Turnover margin, Navy didn't turn the ball over too much. I think that's why they were able to battle back into this game at times, and then West Virginia had to use their shooting to stretch that lead back out, both teams turning the ball over nine times. So West Virginia does get into the single digits that I've talked about, you know, being good for them, I think, moving forward, but didn't force as many turnovers in this one, so kind of a wash there in that category. But let's look at some of the individual numbers here before we move on to the most recent West Virginia basketball game. All right, so Trey Mitchell, I mentioned him against Xavier. All right, so I mentioned Trey Mitchell in the game against Xavier, struggled a little bit. As you see, big bounce-back game for him in this contest against Navy. Three of four from the three-point line, 19 points, six rebounds. Great game for him. Jimmy Bell, 
six rebounds. That's what you like to see from him. Came back down to earth a little bit following his 100% from the field. Only one of five from the field in this game, one of four from the free throw line. Typically has been doing a better job at the free throw line this season. I don't believe this game will be the norm for him as it comes to his field goal percentage and his free throw percentage. But he did get a blocked shot, six rebounds, three points. Emmett Matthews, nine points, four rebounds. Eric Stevenson, 13 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Great all-around game, but I think could have been even better. As you see there, four personal fouls for him. That's been a theme for him throughout the season. Need to try and keep him out of foul trouble moving forward. Kedrian Johnson, who we'll talk more about in the upcoming game against UAB, but had a good performance in this game against Navy as well. 11 points, 7 rebounds. And then off the bench, of course, you got to talk about Joe Toussaint, the West Virginia Spark off the bench. Has been all season, was again in this game. Great performance, 12 points, 7 assists. Five rebounds, 50% from the field, 50% from the three-point line. Can't ask for much better than that. The Mountaineers back up big men that I talked about really were detrimental against in the game against Xavier when West Virginia lost that game. Kind of bounced back in this game, especially I think Josiah Harris. We saw his best performance yet as a Mountaineer from the true freshman. One or two from the three-point line, two or three from the field overall. Seven points, three rebounds, and a steal. Mo Waggy. Two points, one rebound, Aconquo, two points. So at least they both got onto the board there. And that's just kind of a look at the individual numbers from the Mountaineers. Ultimately, it ends up with an 85 to 64 win over the Navy midshipmen. Let's move on to the next game, the most recent game of the 2022-2023 WVU basketball season. As the West Virginia Mountaineers faced one of their tougher opponents to date on the season yet in the UAB Blazers, led by former Bob Huggins assistant Andy Kennedy. All right, and as for the most recent West Virginia basketball game of this season, the 10th game of the season, and the final review of the game that we have to do here on Episode 4 of the CRW Hoops podcast, West Virginia was able to beat UAB 81-70 to to come out at 8-2 and on this season to sit where they currently stand as we sit here and record this episode in the 2022-2023 WVU basketball season. As for my brief kind of overall thoughts on this game before we look at some of the numbers, from the win, Bob Huggins was able to secure over his former assistant to move to 4-0 against Andy Kennedy. I think coming into the game, a lot of the storylines was UAB's guard play, how they were going to be able to attack West Virginia, how a lot of people expected UAB to have an advantage on the free throw margin, much like Xavier did to the Mountaineers, and how UAB was a team that wasn't going to back down from West Virginia's physicality, and they shared a very similar style of play. But I think ultimately in the end, some of those storylines West Virginia may have took personally and flipped the other way because I think coming out of the game now, the storyline is West Virginia's guard play, West Virginia attacking, West Virginia having the advantage at the free throw line, and West Virginia not being matched on toughness, effort, level of play. Any of that, West Virginia still showcased their want to and their ability to get out and fight in this game and ultimately come away with an 11-point win, covering the spread again. I believe it was five and a half at the time of the tip. West Virginia covers the spread. As I said earlier in the episode, good teams win, great teams cover. West Virginia covers again against a tough UAB opponent that I think is a team that you could possibly see dancing in March and arguably West Virginia's toughest opponent outside of Purdue that they've played thus far this season. And as far as that Mountaineer guard play is concerned, I think Joe Toussaint and Keedy Johnson really showed you a bit of everything they both bring to the table in this game. I think this is Keedy Johnson's 
best game as a Mountaineer to this point and love to see it. I know in the post game they talked about his mother being there and it was the first time she's been there. And I think in jest, a lot of people have said, we'll get her to more games. But I fully agree if Kedrian's going to play like that every time she's there. Awesome game for Kedy. And Joe Toussaint just continues to impress. I think he's becoming a fan favorite. He's the spark off the bench, much like Jay Sean Page in past years for Mountaineers. And you can go down a list of other players that provided that spark off the bench. But for this team, it's been Joe Toussaint. He can really run the team well. He's extremely fast with the ball in his hands, and he's just as great of a defender as Kedrian Johnson is, which is no small feat because Kedy Johnson has been known as one of the better on-the-ball defenders in college basketball, and I think Toussaint does a great job of that as well. And they both showcased that in this game. Going into the game, UAB had the nation's leading scorer in Jordan Jelly Walker, and Jelly Walker was held to 19 points, which I know seems like a lot, but he had to take 17 shots to get that 19 points, and the Mountaineers guards actually outscored him as West Virginia's Kedrian Johnson and Joe Toussaint combined had a really great game, and then if you look at them individually, had great games in their own rights as well. We'll look more at that when we get into the numbers momentarily, but that's just kind of some of my brief overall thoughts. I thought West Virginia needed to do a great job on Jelly Walker defensively, and they did that. But not only did they do that, but they got great guard play on offense and just a great all-around effort from the Mountaineers, one of their better performances of the season up to this point. Having said that, let's look at some of the numbers that led to the Mountaineers being able to secure this 11-point victory over UAB in the most recent WVU basketball game of the 2022-2023 season. All right, so as you can see, as far as team stats are concerned, West Virginia outscoring UAB by nine in the first half and then outscoring them by two in the second half to get to the 11-point win they ultimately end up with. 50% field goal percentage from the Mountaineers, exactly 27 of 54, held UAB below 50% at 47.4%. Also did a great job defending the three ball. UAB, great guard plays, particularly really good shooting especially from Jelly Walker from the three-point line. West Virginia did a great job of extending their defense in this game and limiting that opportunities from UAB to shoot those threes. And UAB ultimately 5 of 16, 31% from the three-point range. Unfortunately, West Virginia didn't do a great job shooting the three ball themselves in this game. One of their worst performances doing so, but at least West Virginia was able to attack the cup and get to the free throw line, which was a huge advantage in this game. But West Virginia only 26% from the three-point line. But speaking of those free throws. Like I said, going into the game, people thought this would maybe what ultimately was the advantage for UAB. They were going to be attacking. They thought they may have a free throw advantage. No. Ultimately, West Virginia, 25 free throws. UAB only shoots 18. Also, UAB 11 of 18 at the line, 61%. Whereas West Virginia, very impressive here, 22 of 25 at the free throw line, 88%. Great performance from the Mountaineers. Also, rebounding pretty much even there. UAB ultimately with a, a couple of rebound advantage there, 32 to 30. Thought the Mountaineers did a way better job of rebounding in the second half than they did in the first half. First half, I was a little bit worried about that category, particularly with all the offensive rebounds that UAB was grabbing, but West Virginia did a much better job in the second half, kind of even that up a little bit, and it gets closer to even. Turnover margin, West Virginia forced UAB into 19 turnovers. Awesome stuff there defensively. But West Virginia on the offensive end, as I said, got to continue to limit their turnovers as well. Turn the ball over 13 times in their own right. So that's kind of a look at the team stats. Let's look at a few of the individual statistics here. All right, so I got to start with the two guys that I've mentioned earlier, Joe Tucson and Keedy Johnson. Both of them, I thought, did an excellent job on Jelly Walker. Like I said, nation's leading scorer coming into the game. It's going to have a great season. 
He's a good player, but they not only held him to only 19 points, but they also forced him to commit seven turnovers. So that's just a great job of really hassling him and forcing him to turn the ball over. Great on-ball defense by both Keedy Johnson and Joe Toussaint. And you would think with giving that much effort on the defensive end, they wouldn't have much left to give offensively. But no, 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 they say we're playing on both ends, and they both definitely did in this game. 17 points for Keedrian Johnson, one of the better offensive efforts we've seen him showcase in as well. West Virginia career, including seven of seven at the free throw line, did a great job of getting there and hitting his shots when he got there, five of 10 from the field. And as far as Joe Toussaint is concerned, also got to the free throw line and hit his shots there, four of four there, 14 points for Joe Toussaint, one assist and three steals. Kedrian Johnson also had a steal of his own. As far as the Mountaineers scores that really did some damage in addition to those two, Emmett Matthews, I thought, had one of his better shooting games we've seen him have as a Mountaineer. Even hit a heat check three. He was really shooting the ball well. The unfortunate side of that, it appeared he may have suffered a knee injury in the first half. No true announcement on that, whether he did or not. He did return later in the game, but in the postgame, they asked him some questions about it. He didn't want to answer so we'll see what happens with that moving forward. Hopefully he's all right continuing, but something to keep an eye on. But as far as his performance in this game, really awesome. Four or five from the three-point line, 16 points. And then Trey Mitchell, 13 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Great all-around game from him. And Jimmy Bell continues to impress and continues to improve, and I think he's only going to get better and better as the season moves along and could be a force by season's end. Another game where he had 100%. Field goal percentage, nobody did it in one other game earlier this season. Four or four from the field, eight points and eight rebounds. And the West Virginia Mountaineers bench doing a bit better job, mainly thanks to Joe Tucson. But as long as he's providing that spark, West Virginia's at least getting some bench scoring. So I think that's the good side of bringing him off the bench. But West Virginia ultimately gets the win to move to eight and two on the 2022-2023 season. Now let's get into our couple little game previews here, give some brief thoughts on those and whether I think West Virginia will be able to secure two more W's and the final two games they have before Christmas. All right, so to wrap up episode four of the 2022-2023 version of the CRW Hoops podcast, want to briefly talk about the two upcoming games on the Mountaineers slate against Buffalo and Stony Brook. The first of those being the former, and that will be West Virginia, 8-2 and two on the season, hosting Buffalo, who's currently 5-5 five and five on the season. This one's coming up Sunday, December 18th. Going to be a 5 p.m. tip. Catch it on ESPN+. Plus. Let's take a look at some of the matchups here. Buffalo's leader in points, as you can see there, the regard. Jones averaging 14.9 points per game. Rebounder Harden at 5.9 rebounds per game. Assists also Jones 2.7 assists per game. For West Virginia, it goes Eric Stevenson currently leads the team in points per game with 13.6. Jimmy Bell 5.7 rebounds per game to lead around the team. And Joe Toussaint, current assist leader with over three and a half per game. Team statistics Buffalo currently averaging 75 points a game while giving up 76. West Virginia currently averaging 80 and a half points a game while only giving up 65 on average. West Virginia averaging 50% from the field. Buffalo 44. Rebounds almost even. Buffalo currently averaging 35 a game. West Virginia 34. West Virginia 15 assists to Buffalo's 13.4. Blocks dead even, about three a game. Buffalo nine steals a game to West Virginia's eight steals a game. So this will be a good test for West Virginia to continue to try and decrease their own turnover margin while continuing to force the other team to commit turnovers. As you see, if you're watching on the video version, the last five games, 
West uh, Buffalo most recently lost to Tulane on December 10th at the time of this recording, 88 to 63. West Virginia winning four of their last five, as we know, the only loss coming there to Xavier. So, all in all, seems like a good matchup for the Mountaineers, as you see here on the ESPN FBI predictor, 96% chance to win. I'll certainly agree with that. I think it should be a double digit win for the Mountaineers over the Buffalo Bulls, hopefully, be their ninth win of the season and then head into their final game before Christmas against Stony Brook. And let's take a look at the matchup against Stony Brook here a bit before we get out here in our final segment on the fourth episode of the 2022-2023 version of the CRW Hoops podcast. All right, and the last game we want to make you guys aware of here on episode four of the 2022-2023 CRW Hoops podcast is West Virginia versus Stony Brook, and this one's going to come Thursday, December 22nd. West Virginia hopefully will be 9-2 and two by the time that this game has taken place. Hopefully it'll be after a win over Buffalo a few days before. But at this time of the recording, Stony Brook currently 2-7. and seven. This one's going to be a 6 o'clock p.m. tip. Also, you can catch it on ESPN Plus if you want to watch it. Let's take a look at the numbers here for you guys that are watching on the video side. And, of course, I'll read along for you guys that are tuned in here on the audio side. All right, so as you can see, should be another win for the West Virginia Mountaineers. 99% chance to win here on the ESPN predictor. Not going to read off the team leaders as I just read off. West Virginia's, it's going to be the same, obviously. You can see uh, Stony Brooks there if you're watching on the video side, but I will read off some of the team stats and how they match up heading into this contest at the time of this recording. As I said, West Virginia, 80.5 points per game while giving up 65. Stony Brook is only scoring 63 points a game, so they're a team that likes to slow it down, run a slower pace offensively, it seems. But they are giving up 72 points a game. They're only shooting 41% from the field, uh, 34 rebounds each both averaging the same there rebounding-wise. West Virginia 15 assists a game, two Stony Brooks 13. As I said, this is a really good passing West Virginia team, I think. That's been unheralded at this point in the season. Hopefully they continue to do a great job passing the basketball and moving it around. West Virginia averaging three blocks a game, Stony Brook only averaging two, and West Virginia averaging eight steals to Stony Brook's five. So in this game, I think it shouldn't only be a double-digit win for West Virginia. You should see a 20-plus point victory over Stony Brook. So I think West Virginia should close out their home slate here with wins over both Buffalo and Stony Brook and their final two games that we'll see the Mountaineers play before Christmas and then there will be their final non-conference games of the season to this point anyway West Virginia will have one final non-conference game later on in the season when they have a break in conference play with the Big 12 SEC Challenge take on Auburn later on in January if I'm not mistaken but This will almost close out December. West Virginia will have one final game in December on December 31st against Kansas State. We will release episode five of the CRW Hoops podcast prior to that game, but wanted to get brief thoughts out on the upcoming games for the Mountaineers as well as reviews on games that have passed since we last dropped an episode for you guys here. But that being said, really appreciate you guys for tuning in to episode four here of the CRW Hoops podcast as we continue to cover the 2022-2023 WVU basketball season. Appreciate you guys tuning in on the video side. Like I said, if you're watching on YouTube, 
drop a like on the video. It really helps its performance and helps future videos performances as well. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. But if you're on the audio side, which you can find on any podcast platform you like, just search for Country Roads Webcast there. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating. That helps. But if you're on any other podcast platform and listen to this episode, you're obviously a big West Virginia fan and probably know other big West Virginia fans as well. So please share it around. That really helps us as well as we continue to try and grow the Country Roads webcast community throughout Mountaineer Nation. Other than that, you guys, just wanted to remind you guys um, about the post-game shows that we are doing following the West Virginia basketball games this season. You can find those streaming on the Country Roads webcast, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Of course, YouTube, the preferred method. Uh, can get a lot of extra West Virginia sports coverage, especially you guys that are listening to this on the audio side. Definitely jump over to the YouTube channel. A lot of short news update videos that come out that you get in addition to these long-form podcast episodes that you'll find here on the audio side. But really appreciate you guys tuning in any way that you choose to do so. Be on the lookout for post-game shows, following the game against Buffalo and the game against Stony Brook. And then, of course, CRW Hoops podcast will continue throughout the season. Episode 5 on the slate next. That's a wrap for episode four as it stands in the 2022-2023 West Virginia basketball season. West Virginia currently eight and two on the season. Appreciate you guys tuning in here to the CRW Hoops podcast. As always, I'm Jordan Cruz. And until next time, let's go. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those